there and pray and now you're not happy anymore. But Abraham, as he's ready to put to an end of all his hopes and all his dreams, he's praising God through the bad times and the hard times of his life. Preacher doesn't say that in there. Yes, you're right, it doesn't say that. But a sacrifice demands devotion. How can a father carry a fire that he knows is going to burn his son to ashes? How could you do that? I'm looking beyond Abraham. I'm thinking about another father who before the foundation of the world was ready to sacrifice his son. My Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. And listen, and he wants to rain down the fire of judgment upon sin. And he has wrath against sin. And when his son was made our sin, his son received upon himself the fire of our judgment. Jesus took upon himself at that moment and that time. Just imagine, the Bible says, look at verse 16. This is huge. And he said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. God stopped him. As he drew back the knife, God said, Abraham, Abraham, lay not your hand upon the boy. God stopped him. But in verse 16, God says, for, that, for because thou hast done this thing. Wait a minute. Abraham did not do it. So this tells me, that there's more to sacrifice than just the outward appearance. When God said, take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and offer him for a burnt offering, the moment that Abraham got up the next morning, early in the morning, and started, right then in God's mind, it was as good as done. In Abraham's heart, it was finished. In Abraham's heart, it was completed. God counts things as done when they're done in our heart. So it's not about the outward appearance. It's not about the outward action. It's about what's going on on the inside. God does not want a bunch of whitewashed church members. He wants blood-washed Christians. He wants people He's not worried about your haircut. He's not worried about whether you wear a dress or a skirt or slack. He's not worried about you wearing a tie or not. He's concerned about what's going on on the inside. When Abraham offered that sacrifice, God stopped him. He didn't go through with it, but God saw his heart. God saw what was going on on the inside. God had often said to Israel, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. Amen. God wants us to love Him and serve Him from our heart. It's not about whether you sang in the choir or not. Not about whether you came to Sunday school or not. Not about whether you went to the prayer room or not. Hey, it's about how's your heart today? Is your heart in this service today in tune with God. Now I thought about Abraham being providentially hindered. God stopped him from doing what he was about to do. Sometimes in my heart, 
I want to do something, but I may not have the physical ability to do it. And I'm not saying that you've got good intentions and you never do it or that, you, uh, that you're procrastinating. What I'm saying is that you have something in your heart that you want to do. Maybe you're saying, preacher, I'd love to pay the church debt off. I'd, if I had it, I'd do it. Unque- hey, in God's eyes, it's as good as done. He's already seen that church debt paid off anyway. Amen. <laughs> oh, what about that? Amen. It's, it's that you did it in your heart that counts. I was studying. Listen to me carefully. After the Battle of Gettysburg, July 1st, 2nd, 3rd of 1863, Brother Jake, they, north and the south in the Civil War, battle in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, over 50,000 soldiers were killed in that battle between the north and the south, and probably north of that number. The federal army, after the war was over, the battle was over, the federal army went to pick up soldiers to bury them. The federal army went in to pick up rifles that were left behind. 50,000 soldiers died. Do you know how many rifles they found? 24,000. Well, Preacher Darren, not everybody had a rifle. What they fighting with, their fists? I'll just say, say this. Of the rifles they picked up, back in those days, you would take a musket ball and put it in the rifle You'd shoot it. When you did, you'd reload another musket ball. They found some rifles with 23 musket balls stuffed down the barrel. Another one with 20, some with 18, some with 15, some with 10. Preach it, Aaron. You can only put one in at a time. What was happening was some of the soldiers didn't want to fight. So they would stuff a musket ball in there, pretend to shoot. Their neighbor didn't know whether they really shot or not because there's so much chaos going on. And then they'd know whether they shot or not because they'd reload. So they'd just keep reloading and reloading and reloading. And obviously some of these young men got killed. They found their, their rifles laying there with musket balls stuffed down the barrel, never fired. And that got me thinking. Never fired. Have you got yourself ready today? You took a shower, got your hair fixed, you came in here, you... You, you came to church, you came to Sunday school, you sang in the choir, you, 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 we've not done the offering yet, but you're, the offering's going to go through in a few minutes, and, and, and you're given the offering. I'm going to ask you a question. Is your heart in the battle? These young men never fired a shot, though they had musket balls stuffed down the rifle. They were never in, how many of the enemy are you going to stop if you never fire the rifle? And here you are today, you are loaded up and ready to worship God. And what difference are you going to make? Are you actually going to say, praise his name. Let's sit in the back this morning just a little bit. Watched. We just sit here. I've come to church to worship him. Abraham went up on the mountain, laid his son down, his heart breaking, And he said, oh God, you're a wonderful God and you're a magnificent Lord. You are worthy. As he's getting ready to sacrifice his son and here you are, healthy as horsehair, just as fine as you can be and it's all you can do to get excited about what God's doing around your life and God has blessed you beyond measure. Hey, there's a reality of fire. Do you have faith to take the fire in your hand and say, I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to stand against the wiles of the enemy 
and I'm going to stand for the cause of Christ. Amen. What difference are you making in the work of God? Are you making a difference in the battle? Number two, I think about the resurrection after the fire. How could a father take this boy and offer him up? How could he carry the fire and the knife that he knows is going to take that boy down and burn him up? i tell you why. Abraham believed there would be a resurrection after this fire. Abraham has seen some powerful things already. Remember, he has a wife that was barren. She was barren when she was 18, 20, 30, 40, 50. She was barren. And now here she is, 90 years old, well after her time. You know what I mean? Of barren children. She's already barren. And God breathes life to her womb. And she's able to bear a son and conceive him and bear him. And his name is Isaac. Abraham has already saw the miracle power of God and he believes nothing's too hard for God. If God wants me to sacrifice my son and burn him up, honey, it'll be okay because I know that my God is able to take his ashes and bring him back to life. Amen. Normally, we associate sacrifice with death. And when death comes, it's over. That's the end. But when Abraham associated the sacrifice of his son, he did not associate the sacrifice with death. He associated the sacrifice with life. He believed God would give resurrection. How many times have I heard people say, well, I'd serve God, but it won't be no fun. There's no joy in serving God. There's no joy in just singing. You know what? There's no joy in the singing because we don't express the joy. But let me just go out on a limb here and tell you how I feel this morning. Honey, you'll never know living until you crawl up under the cross of Calvary and call on Jesus' name. You'll never know living until you die to self and die to this world and die to your flesh and learn to live in the Holy Spirit of God. You'll I have never known such joy that I've had after I got saved. And so many people think, well, if you serve God, you're just going to die and it's going to be over. But honey, I'm going to tell you, you'll have the greatest life you'll ever have if you'll understand that, de listen, that death of you is not the end. It's just the beginning of life in Jesus Christ. Again, studying through battles. In World War II, some of our young men were taken prisoners of war in the Philippines. And as they are there, they have a Japanese commandant who came out and he said, you boys are never coming home. Uh, America's a bunch of weaklings. You boys will never win the war. You will see the Japanese Imperial Army is so much greater. And, and just propaganda, propaganda, beating them, they tortured them, beating them, making them stand in the sun. And he would stand for hours and blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. And finally one day he came out and he said that Jesus is not the Son of God. Jesus could not help them. And if there was a Christian there, why would they not step out? Why were they so ashamed? They would not step out. And for an hour, he berated and blasphemed the name of Almighty God. And it was all those boys could do, tortured and beaten the way they were, to even stand there in that hot sunshine and listen to the propaganda about America and about God. And finally, when he said, he said, I dare you, step out if you're a Christian. Stand for your God if you're so brave. And one young man stepped out. 
And he turned around and he said, what are you doing? You get back in line. You get back in line now. He said, I love Jesus. And when he said it, amen, five other boys stepped forward with him. Man, it made the commandant so mad. He called for his soldiers. They got them, put bayonets in their bellies, and escorted them off the prison camp. They went across the hill. They fired the gunshots, and all their buddies knew. They're gone. They've killed them and shot them. But what they didn't know was MacArthur had arranged a prisoner exchange that they were going to give some prisoners of war back of the Japanese in exchange for some prisoners of war amongst the Americans. And he said, I want Christians only. And when those boys stepped out thinking, this is going to be my death, they were really stepping out for their freedom. <laughs> hey, glory to God, I'm seeing something here, amen, that the moment I stepped out that night, I'm saying goodbye to the world. I'm saying goodbye to my flesh. And I stepped out, the devil said, you're going to die. You'll have no fun. You'll have no joy. It's going to be over for you. But what I was really stepping out for was not just death. I was stepping out for life in Jesus Christ. There is resurrection after the fire. Amen. He has power to give you freedom again. Hallelujah. I think about Jesus. When he died on the cross, they buried him. What happened on the first day of the week? He arose. Last of all, I'm done. Thirdly. If I look at this text, I saw something I've never saw before. I want you to see, thirdly, the return after the fire. Look with me uh, at verse number 19. The Bible says, now, this is after the sacrifice that he was stopped from giving. And the Lord said, because you've done this thing, you didn't withhold your son from me. God counted it as done, and he's blessed him. And the Bible says in verse 19, So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Do you see that? Abraham returned. You know what verse 5 said? Look at verse 5, end of the verse. You ought to underline it. He said to his young men as he left, he said, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder in worship and come again to you. He said before he ever went up there that he believed that God would bring those ashes back together and to give him his son right back and he would come back. And now in verse 19, the Bible says Abraham returned. I think it implies, look at the scripture, look, look at your Bible. I think it implies that Isaac was with him. Right? But it doesn't say Isaac was with him. Because Isaac is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's just get our, God is amazing at typologies. Abraham is a picture of God the Father. Isaac is a picture of God the Son. And God the Son went up Calvary's hill. Did you know this place at Mount Moriah is the same place as Calvary? It's the same exact place Abraham was going to offer Isaac that God offered Jesus. The same hill. Woo! Hallelujah for that. Now, when the Lord lays, when Isaac lays down on that altar, it's like Jesus laying his life down on the cross. And then we have a typology switch. Now Jesus is a picture of us dying in condemnation and judgment 
for our sins. For me to be saved, I, I was dead in trespassing sins. For me to be saved, I had to admit that, repent of my sins, call the Lord, believe Him, for Him to give me life. So Jesus now is a picture of me and you, amen, dying on the cross. But He's dying in our place. Woo! And then, as He's raised back up, the top switches back to where He's Jesus being raised up. Listen, now, when He's raised up, Abraham looks, there's a ram, the Lamb of God, caught in the thicket by his horns, the crown of thorns, amen, by his horns, caught in a, in, in a, thorn, in a thorn bush thicket, and they take the ram, right? So, so what's happened is, you and I now, we are supposed to die on the cross. He's let us go free. The ram comes in, and the ram is laid down on the altar, and the ram is slain, and lays down his life, and is burnt to ashes, that you and I might be set free. And then God switches his typology again, and Abraham comes back down the mountain, probably with Isaac, but the Bible doesn't use the term Isaac. So the picture is this. Thank you, Lord. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, where did Jesus go? To heaven. Where he sat down, he returned to heaven, where he sat down on the right hand of God, the Father, where he ever liveth to make intercession for you and me. Look at that verse again. Abraham returned. Where's Isaac? He's probably with him. It's implied. But the typology here is that it's a picture of Jesus sitting down on the right hand of God the Father. I have a verse of scripture on my mind and I'm going to close. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. 1 John 2 verse number 1. May I just say that this was the plan of God all the way. Now here you are. You got some stuff going on in your life. What is the condition of your heart this, mo this morning? What is it? Are you distracted? I'm telling y'all, I've got so many things. Look at me. Look at me. I've got so many things going on in my life right now with ministry things happening. It would be easy to get distracted off of Jesus by the ministry part of it and the schedule that I've got to take care of. This morning, after a while, throughout this week. But you can't get distracted. Your heart can't be distracted. Your heart's got to be locked and loaded. If God gave me this message, and he did, what if I would just got up here and said, you know what, I'm a little tired today, been a busy week, been through all kinds of torment and persecution this week. Do I want to really get up, really have to preach hard, get all lathered up, sweaty, go home and take a shower? I'll just read a little scripture and go, if God gives you, a, preacher, if God gives you a message, preach the message. If God loads your wagon, if God loads your barrel, if God loads your rifle, shoot it, fire it for the glory of God. Don't be ashamed of it. Preach what God says, when God says, we're supposed to preach it. What's the condition 
of your heart. Are you dialed in or are you distracted by, well, I got a situation here. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm in the right hole right now. I can tell it because listen how quiet it is. I've worried about this, preacher. I'm concerned about that. My focus is not on where it's supposed to be. My heart is a million. You praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. If I ask you what you're going to do this week, and what's, you, man, you could tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. If I ask you what's going on in your life, what's happening in the family right now, you could tell me, tell me, tell me. What's happening on your job right now, you could tell me, tell me, tell me. But talk about Jesus. Praising Jesus a million miles away from you. God's loaded your wagon. You've come in here today and you've not fired a shot. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, that would be me, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. An advocate is someone who stands with you. Just keep reading. May I just say, when you're guilty, nobody else will stand with you. Stand back up, Seth. I know what he's done. You ever, you ever been like that? You ever? Well, I don't need to be around that situation. I better avoid that right now. There's a problem right there. They're angry. They're upset. They're mad. I need to get away from them. Not Jesus. He just comes up. I stand with him. I stand with him. Yeah, he's guilty, Lord. Father, he's guilty. Hey, man, I got somebody that'll stand by me, amen, through the fires, amen. Verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Back up, Seth. <laughs> Propitiation. Father, Seth, you did it. But Father, <laughs> I died for him. Look back to Calvary. Look at the mercy seat. That's my blood. I shed for his sins that he might be forgiven. And he's sorry for what he did. And he's, he's guilty, but he's trying to repent. And Lord, we bought him, and we're keeping him. <laughs> Father, will you pardon him? In my name.
And the father says, case dismissed. Lack of evidence. Not guilty. When I see him, I see the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. Not guilty. I say this morning, church, do you have the faith to carry the fire? It may burn down your tomorrow. It may burn up your hopes and your dreams. But I'm telling you that according to God's plan, you don't need what the world has for you. You don't need what your flesh has desires for and ambitions of. You need what God has arranged for your life. So take that knife, take that fire, go by faith. Watch what he's going to do. Honey, he's going to help you through this time. Fire that shot, amen. Get in that choir and sing for the glory of God. Get in that Sunday school class and teach and learn the scriptures. Get in these church pews. Get in this altar. Pray and believe God and watch what he's going to do. You stand to your feet. Somebody come to the instrument, please. Here may be somebody say, Preacher Darren, man, the condition of my heart, it is so distracted right now. So many things it it cares about and shouldn't. God help me. I want to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. I want to come today and be focused on Jesus. And Lord, you have loaded my rifle. You've given me a verse. You've given me somebody to to text. You've given me somebody to write an email to. You, God, help me today in the service just to stand up and say, He's worthy. God, give me enough faith to do that this morning. Hallelujah. And just by way of record, He's coming back one day. There's going to be return after the old fire. He's coming back for His own this morning. Hallelujah to God. Father, this morning, as we bow in Your presence, We give you praise, honor, and glory. What a great, magnificent God that you are. And Lord, we bow today in Jesus' name. Lord, we say we are distracted. There are so many things that are pulling us away from what we need to be focused on. Help our minds. Center us. Focus us back. Help us, Lord, I pray. And God, what you've loaded in our rifle, help us, God, not to pretend help us God that our heart would be in the battle and Lord we'd be willing to stand for cause and right and God help us to realize when we step forward it's not an end of it's an end of self but not an end of servant God it's the beginning of life and a walk with Christ God I thank you for the joy it is of serving my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ what a privilege this morning Father I give you glory honor and praise. Through it all, you stood by me. You stood with me and you stood in my place. And I praise you for not just being my advocate, but for being the propitiation for my sins and not for my sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. All my brothers and sisters that gather this altar or that bow beside their phone or computer at home, God, your son died for all of them. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Bless us, help us, God, I pray in Jesus' name to celebrate the fact that you and you alone are worthy. Have this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah to God.